and welcome to the All Japan Women's Destiny podcast. I'm your host, JD. Welcome to another episode as we go through the history of All Japan Women's Professional Wrestling through the classics episodes that you can find uh, on various places of the internet. I vastly encourage to follow along and learn and enjoy the history of this just awesome women's wrestling promotion of the past. This is a spin-off in conjunction with the Red Leaf Retrocast. That is the proper episode where these come from. We hope you enjoy our audio and our uh, discussions over the various wrestlers and the matches in which we go through the ages. If you like what you hear and you want more content, please consider checking out the Patreon. That is patreon.com slash redleafretrocast, all one word, where we also cover LLPW, various other uh, women's wrestling promotions of the past, and the project that the whole reason it exists is the Joshi 2010's journey, where we go through coming out of the dark ages of Joshi professional wrestling and really learning and having fun with wrestlers that we're very familiar with to this day to ones that we may have missed out on. I hope you enjoy the audio you're about to hear covering AJW. And if you want more, please, again, consider signing up to the Patreon and leaving us reviews over at iTunes, Spotify, and the like, all your favorite podcasting outlets in which you listen to AJW and the Redley Fletcher cast. Enjoy. Okay, here we are. We are entering 1995 for All Japan Women. We finished out the Big Egg Show. We just did a uh, Russell Marine P. Head that took place like, what, two weeks after that? And so, if you go to the Classics, which we are on episode 104 of the AJW Classics, they skip over Tag League. Now, if you remember in 1993... The tag league was was uh, was culminated with the two back to back five star matches that uh, was a tape traders dream uh, back in the day, and I mean well well earned I would say with Akira Hokuto just being the greatest thing uh, invented since the air conditioner, and now that leads us to what happened with the tag league <laughs> in a post Big Egg world, and this was whacked out. So it starts in like August. Of 1994. Now, if you remember in 94, the Japan Grand Prix uh, was a waste of time. It was the top two finish to not face each other, but be allowed in the V-top tournament at Big Egg. So what the hell is Tag League for? Is it for the tag titles? Is it for challengers to face the tag champions? Do we even remember at this point who the champions are in this promotion other than Aja Kong as Red Belt Champion? Well, let me be let me be the reminder here that Minami Toyota is the All Pacific Champion uh, when she unified the IWA and uh, All Pacific title in that uh, good match uh, in August of '94 against Kyoko Inoue, and then she had the even better match two months later against Takako Inoue, Takako, uh, at a tag league show, and I spoke very highly of that one. That was a tremendous. Super glad I watched it. So Toyota 
uh, is the All-Pacific Champion. So who are the tag champions as we're covering Tag League here and then the very first show of 1995? Well, it's Kyoko Inoue and Takako Inoue. Double Inoue. They're champions. They won these titles on October 9th, 1994. Okay. Did we see that? Do you remember it? Well, it was the Manami Toyota Toshi Omada match in which that's who they beat them for. And then they had the uh, they had the good match, another tag league show in Hiroshima against Suzuka Manami and Yumiko Hota. You can absolutely watch these matches. That's all, all part of our uh, little goal here. Okay. So what I ended up doing was, and this is why it also took me so long to put this episode out, because I wanted to do the tag league as best I could. And who are the teams in this? And why wasn't this like at all covered in the classics? Were there good matches? Well, we have random duos here. Double O in a way are in tag league, but they're not as champions. They've split them up. Manami Toyota is with Takako. And uh, who the hell was Kyoko with? Uh, Kyoko Inoue was with... Oh my god, I have this written down. I just gotta find it. Uh, Kyoko was with uh, Saki Asagawa. Okay. So very much, we got some randos here. Uh, who else was... Uh, in this thing, we got, uh, I know we had Aja Kong and Reggie Bennett. Just it feels like Earthquake and Typhoon uh, 2.0 right here. Even, oh, man, was that before the, was this team before the Natural Disaster? No, they had to be. This is after Natural Disasters were formed. We have a ton of rookies in the undercard. Uh, we got JWP coming in, doing some things. There's a Junior League ongoing. Do not watch that. <laughs> that was pretty poor uh the the big news out of the junior league is more or less look at ajw debuting all of these rookies now uh and they've been really hurt by a slim roster over the last year year and a half and with multiple retirements due to injury uh namely bat yoshinaga is kind of the one that sticks out we got lco in this thing we got marioka yoshida uh, who's Yoshida teaming with? Karuito, I think. Um, oh boy, trying to get past these junior league notes I have because I got like Hiromi Yagi, JWP against Kumiko Meikawa. Uh, these are all like one and two star stuff. Asari and Candy Okatsu was randomly in that. I think they're a little above, but they can't be in tag league, so let's stick them in there. We had random singles matches of Saki Asagawa and Suzuka Minami, which was really good. That made my notes. Um, little on the ground though. Look, Suzuki Konami's uh, her singles matches very much delve still into the old style, we'll call it. And when I say old style, it's like way more technical wrestling. But the thing is, the wrestling and style has changed so much over the last few years since '88, and we'll put we'll put Suzuki Minami firmly in that group. Uh, she just has never evolved her style away from that and boy is that more obvious when you start seeing uh like lioness asuka and jaguar yakota on like the january 3rd and uh fourth show of ajw is the january 4th show in the classics it is not uh okay so we can definitely yeah 
So, yeah, because Asuka and Jagger Yakota, you know, we're we're very close to JD Star coming into an existence um, with the return to the ring of because they've they've abolished the age rule. So the wrestlers that are still not even in their 30s want to kind of want to come back to wrestling <laughs> when they retired, you know, three, four, five years ago. <laughs> so, yeah, because we got um, I'm looking at the the January 3rd card here, and it's uh, Linus Asuka and Toshimata uh, going to a 30 minute draw against Suzuka Minami and Yumiko Hota, uh, which that match did not rate too high, uh, especially not compared to some of these other um, tag league matches. Uh, so yeah, if you're if you're into mat style, then Suzuka Minami Saki Asagawa might do it for you, and it sure looks like the Saki Asagawa uh, hero character of Blizzard Yuki is all but gone, and seems like it 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 was gone as soon as it came into existence. Um, I did like how she uh she pulled up a new style though uh, for a lot of it, and she's kind of carrying it over now now that they've dropped it. Um, I would say. Ooh, is this the best match of the tournament? I think it is. I think this is the best match of the tag league that I saw. It's LCO against Minami Toyota and Takako Inoue. And this match took place... When did it take place? I want to say it was on an October show. Mm, Don't have the date. Well, we know it's during the tag league. So there you go. Uh, none of these matches are two out of three falls. Uh, it's just straight up 23 minutes of uh, lots of doomsday devices and LCO doing their thing. Uh, they even do a reverse JOC into a tiger suplex near fall. Uh, Etsuko Mita's uh, getting her Death Valley driver reversed. And now we're starting to see Mima Shimoda. She's come up with her own death move. It is the like tiger driver, or um, the tiger suplex off the top rope. It's it's insane. She can't like snap it at all, otherwise she might decapitate somebody. So she throws them backwards, but people still land uh, very frightening on the back of their neck and shoulder blades. Um, but yeah, uh, look, Mita gets free reign to do the Death Valley Driver at the end and wins the match, and this was. A uh, inc- uh, she pins Takako. Um, that is what my notes say. After all, it's been been a while. I can't quite remember. But look, this is like a four four and a half star match. Uh, this was phenomenal. Uh, Minami Toyota mixing up with LCO, who just keeps getting better and better as 1994 went down. Um, the fa- the phasing out of Akira Hokuto has done wonders for LCO. Uh, this was an incredible moves match. And the near falls at the end were uh, tremendous. Um, this was the best match, I think, in all of Tag League. And it's a must-watch. Uh, we have uh, Maruki Yoshida having ver- a variety of singles matches around this time. Um, I believe, namely, uh, there was there was one or two against Kyoko Inoue, in which, eventually, Yoshida just gets pinned in, like, ten minutes. Uh, they're treating Mariki Yoshida like a rookie coming back, and she's got to restart her career. And didn't really get that feeling at first, but that's how it's how it's been happening. Um, I'll skip over Aja Kong, Reggie Bennett against Hota and Yamada. Lots of kicks, lots of big people doing lariats and whatnot. Um, it wasn't very good. This, I would I would say, if you're into the idea of the big women 
running into the kicky people, then this might get three stars out of you. I, I, I just think it was just way too slow of a match, and it doesn't have anything to do with really how badly they worked. Just not my style. So that will lead us into, let's see, I think the end of the tag. So was that in September, the LCO Toyota Takaka match? Anyways. So we have Asari and Yoshida as a team. Okay, this was the one I was forgetting. Tomoko Watanabe and Rita Mata are a team. Um, they don't have any good matches that I could find in there. Uh, Suzuki Minami, Karu Ito wasn't any good. They didn't have any good matches. I mean, when I see the, I'm like, three stars tops is what I'm going. So it's not really worth going into. Um, oh, this Yamada Hota against Hasegawa Kyoko in a way match was pretty bad. Uh, so don't watch that. Toyota Takako against Aja Kong and Reggie Bennett was actually pretty good. Um, namely for the fact that, uh, it was a, it was a very one-sided affair. Uh, did this, I think that match took place on the last day because they had a last day tournament. I, I should just pull up what, uh, what the schedule was around this time. Cause we had, all right, I got to go 1994. got to go back cause I got 1995 up. Uh, let's go to the last day of the tag league on December 10th, 94. Yes, because we had playoff matches, and this is not the match I was... Th uh, hold on. Am I right on this? Kyoko Inoue, Saki Asagawa, Toshimata, Yumiko Hota. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so this this began my notes of the, uh, of the final night. Um, the first match was... LCO against Ito and Suzuka Minami, which was like 20 minutes, not very good. Kyoko Inoue and Saki Asagawa take one on Toshi Yamada Yumiko Hota, putting them at nine points. And then from here on out, it was it was uh, winner-take-all situations. Um, so, it, I mean, it definitely made... They tried to repeat what they did in 1993, essentially, with people wrestling in back-to-back -back matches and trying to overcome odds in varying degrees. Uh Toyota and Takako end up wrestling three times on this night, um, which this is bizarre booking because then they face Aja Kong and Bennett. Uh, they go 12 minutes. And how does this first match end again? Um, Let's see. I got two stars written down for Kyoko and Hasegawa against Yamada and Hota. I got... Okay, here we go. Toyota and Inoue against Bennett and Kong. I got at three and a half. Um, because is this the match that ends in the roll-up? Uh yes, this is the one. Okay, so this was done very well. Uh yeah, okay. Takako Inoue and Toyota get the shit kicked out of them for about 10 minutes, and then there's a miscommunication, and Toyota rolls up uh Reggie Bennett for three, which got a Massive pop from the crowd. I enjoyed this one. Uh, Corkin Hall explodes. What did they get for this? What did they? What are they saying? Two thousand number for Corkin. Yeah, twenty one hundred. Nonsense. <laughs> I love how it all says sell out, and yet the number always changes. <laughs> twenty three hundred this time. Two thousand this time. Twenty two hundred this time. You know. <laughs> 
What are you missing seats compared to the previous day? Anyways. So then, because Kong and Bennett lost, they have to have a tiebreaker against Kyoko Wenoe and Saki Asagawa. Um, so Bennett and Kong win that one. That one I gave so many notes. I gave two and a half on that, so that one was very good. And then, because of the booking, they have to run back on a tiebreaker situation in a way in Toyota against Kong and Bennett again. And this time, they go 17 minutes. So yes, they had just faced each other. Now they got to face each other again. So Kong and Bennett have to wrestle uh, two matches in a row. They're tired. You see the story unfolding. Uh, lots of bridging suplexes. Uh, this one was almost four stars because Toyota and Kong do, do very well together. And then when we move on to the finals, because Toyota and Inoue win again, this time in much more definitive fashion, uh, namely the, I believe it was a top rope Doomsday JOC that won it. Uh, now Manami Toyota and Takako have to face Kyoko and Saki Hasegawa because they won their tiebreaker to go to the finals. It's It's so wacky. So they have a 13-minute finals match against Toyota and Takakao. Was this match any good? No, they're fucking exhausted. It was terrible. It was like three, three and a half stars. <laughs> they could barely move. Uh, they're absolutely worn down. You know, they've all wrestled. Uh, I mean, this was uh, two people's second match and two people's third match of the night. I mean, absolutely crazy and asinine. I, I couldn't believe it. So your winners <laughs> after this extremely wacky long tournament is Toyota and uh, Takako Inoue. And you're like, wait a minute. Isn't Double Inoue the champions? Yes, you are correct. So what are they doing? Well, Toyota then is like, I want to challenge for the tag titles at January 3rd at Corican. And they do that. And it's it's so goofy. So, essentially, you have a member of each side that has won and one slash lost, and we're now we're gonna run back the tag finals with uh, the partner switched. So I already mentioned what I thought of the Asuka Yamada Suzuki Hota match that went to a thirty minute draw. Uh, this is a case where Asuka is still too. She's still too much in the old style ways and she's not adjusting. The only thing she's adjusting is I will kick people harder. And that's what she does. So she's got some uh, waking up to do. Jaguar Yakota uh, is still very much also in that old style way, but she does a lot more Lucha Libre. So she's not as exposed. Um, I was able to watch um, a little bit of that 1990, uh, 1995 Jan 4 show, but the Jan 3 show is the more important one. And that's the one the classics cover, namely because the main event is the 3WA tag title match, two out of three falls, double in a way, defeating Manami Toyota and Saki Asagawa in, in under 28 minutes, two falls to one. Uh, this is damn near a five-star match, four and a half plus, four and three quarters, whatever you want to say. Saki Asagawa gets a huge fall uh, for fall one over Kyoko Wenoue at just under the 14-minute mark, and it was a landmark type pin. Uh, this was Hasegawa's kind of it was a huge cue that she was kind of next in line at this thing. 
Uh, she she had very much the crowd behind her. And if you're wondering what about the rest of the show on this, I mean, Aja Kong defeats Ito in like a two star match. I do not like how Ito Aja Kong beats the shit out of this woman for 14 minutes. I mean, that was that part's enjoyable, but how how well can it be? And then there was a bunch of rookies in the undercard. Uh, LCO defeats Asari and Yoshida, and it's just how they treat both these uh, both Asari and Yoshida. It's um it's kind of sad when. Asari has so much crowd support around her because of her uh, Sky Twister press, and then Yoshida has come back from injury, and they're seemingly just belting her in the ground. Uh, and then, the, you know, rookies. But back to this main event. Uh, this was phenomenal, and the Hasegawa pin, pinfall one uh, really brought it home, and then for the remainder of the match, the Inoues were like wrecking balls. Okay. Uh, they really isolated Saki Asagawa. They really wanted to put her down. And Minami Toyota was trying to be the equalizer. And she was fucking up moves left and right in this match. And it was hilarious. Okay? she She's attempting springboards and she's slipping. Uh, she's falling short on... Uh, look, she goes to the to the side on this match in Corken Hall. Puts up a table. Does a moonsault. Barely a step up on the bleachers. Naturally, she goes splat. Nothing happens, and then she's like, "Okay, I got I'm gonna do it again, brother." She goes up three more levels, and then just does a splash. And do the tables break? Of course they don't. They just kind of fall over, and then they get back in the ring. You're like, "My God!" And uh, when you see people look at kind of the Shuri Mayu match that happened recently, and you're like, "I don't know, man. Uh, are they the same? Are they better? Are they worse?" Uh... I mean, the heat's certainly less in this modern era. But what what Japanese crowd isn't, I suppose. Uh, so, yes, the Inoues just isolate these two from each other. Uh, namely, Saki Asagawa first. She gets pinned in the next five minutes by Takakao. I'm really glad they didn't have Kyoko just get a win back over her. And that would have really brought the match down to me a little bit because of that factor. And then the last near fall was... Uh, because Asagawa is now out, it's all up to Manami Toyota. She essentially has to face the tag champions alone. She lasts about another 10 minutes, and Kyoko gets the pinfall on her, going back to their All-Pacific rivalry, uh, going back to what what just transpired in Tag League. You get the idea there. So, Takako looks strong. Kyoko looks strong. The tag champions look very strong. And then we have something very bizarre happen in the post-match. Double in a way, vacate the titles. Why? Well, let's... Wrestling Observer Newsletter from January 16th, 1995, as follows, and quote, All Japan women open with shows on January 3rd and 4th at Cork and Hall. The first night saw Kyoko Inoue and Takako Inoue retain the three WA tag titles, beating Minami Toyota and Saki Esugawa in a two out of three falls match that went 31 minutes, 32 seconds. After the match... The Inoues explained that there have been 99 different champions since the belts debuted in 1968, and they were vacating the titles because they want to go down in the records books as being the 100th champions. A tournament for the 100th champions will take place in late March at the Yokohama Arena show on March 26th or an Osaka show on March 31st. Uh, I, hold on, stop. What? Okay, 
they do the convoluted playoff bracket thing of a four-month tournament in Tag League, culminating with opposite partners winning and losing. They have a tremendous two out of three falls match on Jan 3 to have the titles vacated for the next three months? Sure. Linus Asuka worked both shows while Jairi Yokota worked the Jan 4 show. Asuka and Yokota beat Saki Asukawa and Kari Ito, while on January 3rd, Asuka and Toshimata went to a 30-minute draw with Suzuki Minami and Yukihota. Asuka, who was considered one of the best technical world technical wrestlers in the world in her prime. Come on. 20 to 25 years old. Yes. Fine. I agree, I guess. Uh, was out of her league with all of the new moves and the new style that's changed since her retirement, which was only a few years ago. However, to compensate, she worked stiff as hell kicking the other girls like crazy so she wasn't out of place so big dave and i are on the same page there i mean it's very obvious when you watch it she's trying to do wrist holds and wrist locks and doing some leg work and everyone's bored and then she gets up and a good punt to yumiko hota's face really gets the crowd back into it oh man and if we want to go some kayfabe stuff here at least from the observer uh we got some awards from 1994 all Japan women finish fifth in best promotion as New Japan gets fourth, ECW gets third, AJPW gets second, and AAA gets first. How about that? Where did, uh, let's see. All Japan got first in the previous year. Okay. Let's do some more awards. Best wrestling card from a major show. Uh, All Japan Women Big Egg got third place behind uh, When Worlds Collide and the New Japan Super J Cup in 1994. Uh, previous winners, AJP or, um, All Japan Women has won the previous two with uh, Marine Piad in 92 and Dream Slam won in 93. Uh, and then f- to cap off what we're doing here is a little recap. Uh, AJW Wrestle Queendom 2 on March 22nd had a million dollar gate. 15,000 the Budokan the Budokan on <laughs> on August 24th got a million uh, at uh well Budokan 15,000 there again Big Egg 4.3 million estimated November 20th so three gates over a million dollars for AJP or AJP god damn it AJW in 1994 so a very successful year despite the wacky booking the questionable tournaments that they ran which were ultimately meaningless in both instances uh is it their best year that i can sit here and say no uh i can point to a few years in the past um the first that comes to mind is jackie sato maki ueda and the crew in 79 um the ueda retirement show at budokan i think that capped off a good year uh, the boom period of the Crush Gals, namely 1985, uh, sticks out to me. Uh, yes, obviously they made more money than ever with the interpromotional wars, uh, but in terms of like heat and how well they did and what I look back on, uh, 1994 probably places in like the fifth place range. Uh, now, historically, it's number one because you had the big egg, you had the interpromotional warfare throughout the year, but I think 1993 was. The best one of them all. Uh, 1990, 
two I'd place behind 1985. I really enjoy. I really enjoyed 1985. 1986 I might even put still above uh, 1992. But a lot of that has to do with the Kira Hokuto. And based on now that we're through 1994 and what we've seen from the major stars of women's wrestling, to me, Akira Hokuto is number one. Uh, Chigusa Nagayo is number two. Jaguar Yakota is number three. And then you start getting into my like personal preferences of like Dump Matsumoto, Devil Masami, Bull Nakano, right? Get those people in there. Uh, and then we'd have, and then we'd be going, we we'd be going a little bit uh, different in uh, kind of throwing in like a Jackie Sato, uh, Mak Fumiaki to an extent. I don't know if I don't know. I, uh, I don't think I'd put her above. Well, I'd have to think about that a little bit more. But off the top of my head, that's kind of where I'm at on this journey and everything we've seen and learned to this point. Um, to me, no one's been bigger and more important than Akira Hokuto at this point in time. And then Shigusa Nagayo, because she was just a phenomenon uh, of her era. Uh, where does Lioness Asuka lie in that? I, I, obviously, she's still extremely important, like Maki Ueda. You can't, you can't do one without the other uh, to a point. But in terms of like a singularity, yeah, Chigusa was the bigger one, just like Jackie Sato was the bigger one. Um, looking forward to 1995. Uh, this has been AJW. There we go.